This is just a test. Um, we are about to start our podcast, which is going to be broadcasted on Anchor. I'm going to have a special guest for the first episode, and that's going to be Not Rob from the Omnic Lab podcast here on our first episode of Apollo Radio, a talk show based around our agency, uh, basically covering culture as well as esports, music, and anything that's going on within our agency world as well as the industries that are surrounding it. So uh, tune in, and I hope that this podcast is off to a great start. Um, it's it's a lot. It's a it's a challenge to be able to start a podcast and um, update it consistently. So I hope that uh, this will be successful. What's up, everybody? We are live. I am Mars Zirksa, and this is the first episode of. Apollo Radio Podcast, and I am joined today by a guest host, not Rob, from the Omnic Lab Podcast. How are you doing, Rob? Pretty good. What's up, Zerxa? How you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, I just moved to Vegas. Uh, I've been here for a few weeks, and I've been pretty much Overwatch-deprived, uh... <laughs> It's it's been pretty bad. Like I'm, I'm like, what's going on in Overwatch? I I just haven't been able to play it. Uh, so yeah, I've been doing. Well, it's a good time to come back. Yeah, that's true. It, it's funny because I'm like plat borders. So. you like to play. Yeah, uh, Symmetra. I heard got a skin, a new skin. Her skin is basically Symmetra mixed with Kerrigan and Deathwing. It's pretty cool. <laughs> That does sound awesome. Um, so Apollo is basically Apollo Radio. This the point of this podcast, and like why I want to make it is to provide some context to what Apollo is, and what it is is basically an agency that represents talent um, in different industries, like not not just esports and Overwatch, but I, I see a huge need or like desire to kind of represent talent a little bit differently and try to like obtain opportunity for for um for these like influencers and just like people that uh or artists or whatever so i see a big opportunity for that so i'm basically building an agency around it and it, it actually is very uh overwatch connected so sometimes on the podcast we'll be talking about Overwatch, and then it'll just go completely left field, and then, like, it'll be like a music show or something, <laughs> like, something random like that, but I'm gonna try to just keep it on the topic of culture around the industries that our agency deals with, as well as our agency. So that's just basically to say what this podcast is about, and I want to make it like an interview series, so our first guest is... Not Rob from Omnic Lab, and that is basically like the biggest Overwatch podcast. So, very uh, happy to have you on, uh, Rob. <laughs> well, I I don't know if we're the biggest, but we're certainly uh, there's a lot of people on our Discord. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So I I think I think it's safe to say like one of the biggest communities, and I don't know like all the other podcasts that are huge, but I think you guys are doing really yeah. good. 
And I also yeah, like the. We've been working really hard on that. Yeah, and I also like the topic, um, basically the overall theme of your podcast, which is helping players with strategy and and the meta and just kind of figuring out tactics to um, make your game better. And I think that is uh, something that is definitely needed and people like want to listen to. So. Yeah, we, we discussed that right out of the gate uh, we, before even Overwatch released in closed beta. We're like, there's going to be a need for people to want to jump into a brand new franchise, brand new Blizzard game, never touched a shooter before, and want to know what to do and how to shoot. But more importantly, this is an objective-based game, so there's a lot to learn and a lot of unique abilities similar to... So it's kind of like this weird conglomerate brawler slash shooter. And uh, yeah, yeah we, we were just super passionate. Both of us love, like I have a background in coaching and teaching and I'm teaching it here in Japan. And then Andres has got a lot of teaching style in his previous podcast for Hearthstones uh, that he's been doing. He, um, he ended up stopping doing those to focus on our show. But yeah, that's kind of the, the gist is the tagline is the strategic Overwatch podcast. The only one with that kind of title in the, in the field. Yeah, so it's very niche, and it's also um, very needed. Uh, so you guys started your podcast about, like, right before Overwatch started? Because I know you're, like, at least 100 episodes in, if not, like, 150 or something. Um, so when did you decide, well, we're about like, to launch into 74 right now. 74 episodes. we... Yeah, yeah. So that puts us at a little bit past the year marker. Um, yeah. I, I believe we started April 9th. It's, uh, the only reason I remember it is it's like a day before my wife's birthday. So <laughs> yeah. we ended up starting that one. So a little but, bit yeah, right we, after the we game started release. The show there. That's cool. And then got to re-record, uh, not re-record, but start recording again. Um, I think it just stopped briefly, but we were talking about um, the Omnic Lab podcast. If you want to just basically go briefly into that, sorry for the um, interruption, guys, but if you want to briefly talk about um, when you started again, sorry, because it might have gotten cut off, like when you started. Sure, the sure. Podcast. So the show, yeah, yeah, the show started around April 9th, and it's. Uh, it's a little, it's close to 74 episodes as of recording this episode with you. We'll hit 74 within the next couple of days. That's but really we cool. We started around, right? Yeah. So we've had our one year anniversary. We've had guests on like Jake from the um, United States Overwatch team. We've had Facts Fiction from FaZe Clan. Man, I can't say his name to save my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also have had yourself on the show to talk about Symmetra. We've also right. had some niche players that are kind of quote-unquote one-tricks, but not really. Uh, they kind of just specialize in one hero and like the flex, like PvP Twitch and yeah. other uh, notable streamers and the like. Um, but yeah, the, the, the show is just strategic, and we started way back then. So Yeah, so it's a podcast based on the strategy. Um, how, how would you say it in your words? Because I was going to say just like the strategic, um, basically like how to play the game, but... It's kind of just the premier uh, strategic Overwatch podcast. Like, that's just what we... The gotcha. premier thing is kind of just something that has happened over time, and people started recognizing us and being willing to come on the show that are a little bit more important. But um, yeah. that's not really in our in our boat. We, we feel ourselves as not really being changed, but we just have gotten some premier guests on the show to make it a little bit better. 
Yeah, so you can basically say that you've had um, all the cool guys on there. Uh, where can we find the yeah, Omnic We say one? we know what we're talking about. We say we know what we're talking about. We just bring out the experts, and then we just ask them the questions. So <laughs> you can yeah. find us on the website um, at omniglab.com. It's pretty much the easiest way to find us. But we're on any podcasting app that you can search, Overwatch or Omnic. You'll probably find us in the first two results. Very cool. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, so I I know you guys are like recording later today, right? So is that that episode probably going to be live uh, today? I guess. In about an hour and a half, yeah, we'll be going live. Wow. <laughs> so you're on the grind, getting ready for that. That's that's pretty cool. Um, yep. Yep. I was getting ready to jump into some Halloween events before the show. Yeah, so um, speaking of that, though, um, I haven't been able to play Overwatch, as you know, for like a month. And this Halloween update dropped where there's a lot of cool new skins. And I don't, I haven't even seen any of the skins, like other than like a, draw, a fan art of the Symmetra. <laughs> but like, how how are the skins and how is the event overall, in your opinion? Like, is there is there like a AI event like there was last year or... What exactly yes. can you so, expect? The rundown is it's a return of Junkenstein's Revenge, 2017 okay. Halloween event. Um, the skins are uh, the Summoner, which is basically Dragon Symmetra, where there's like a friggin' dragon eyeball coming out of the Symmetra gun and is all scaly, and she looks like a cross between Deathwing and Kerrigan from StarCraft. That's so there badass. Is a, there's the, it is the coolest skin in the game, and I will fight you if you say wrong, because um, it's right. Like, Symmetra is unbelievably, like, they, they basically knocked it out of the park with almost every one of these skins. Then there's uh, yeah. Van Helsing-styled McCree. Um, he has, like, this really molten-style hand for where he fans the hammer. He's got a really cool pistol and a crossbow on his back. Um, you've got Anna, who has got her first legendary skin since launch. And it's just a pirate costume with a green parrot on her shoulder and a bayonet coming out of her rifle, which is pretty cool and golden. Um, and then Torbjorn has become a Viking. So he has two axes coming out of a shield that moves on the back of his text. Um, his hammer has turned into Mjolnir, the weapon of Thor. And John <laughs> has some cool, like... Um, fang and wolf designs on it and then his little mitten of molten mitten claw thing looks like a wolf head so that's pretty cool reaper yeah. has gotten a second skin that is dracula themed more more edgy really care for it too much <laughs> but the weapons look amazing for first person zombie mix skin called jiang shi which is like the culture of that it comes from chinese culture yeah where the zombies and uh chinese uh, vampires are similar, but instead of like floating or flying or shambling toward do like the walking dead, they actually do this really weird shamble hop indefinitely towards their victims. And it's really cool. There's an O nickel video that you should definitely go watch about this culture point. It's very cool. Zenyatta turned into the beast of Cthulhu Ooh. and shoots eyeball orbs and has embrace a nothingness or embrace insanity as his tagline when he uses his transcendence instead and of the iris and his arms have turned into tentacles that's right so it's very very cool and then zarya got the most out there one which is a 80s themed workout skin where she has leg warmers and like boombox um subwoofers coming out of her gun it, it's very very cool <laughs> that's pretty funny that's all the skins of the event 
Awesome. Yeah, you just like went right through all of them. Um, and then they, they basically have the Junkenstein AI, which is um, a lot of fun. You, are there any different characters, or is it the same traditional McCree, Hanzo, uh, Mercy, and then it was uh, just McCree awesome. and Anna? Yeah. Wait, it wasn't Mercy. It was Anna, and then there's McCree, Soldier. Soldier McCree, was the other. Soldier, yeah. Hanzo. Yeah, that was a lot Are of fun. Are you hit your five-minute mark here? Oh, uh, no, I, I already reset it, so <laughs> we're good okay. to go. Yeah, I'm just trying right, to transition. Um, Anchor's kind of new for me, um, so that's pretty cool about Anchor. But... Gotcha. Yeah, so the event basically re rinse and repeat from last year, except yeah. they have added a another being that you can fight, which is actually Symmetra. So no way! So she the summoner. You're trolling me. <laughs> top left, she comes in the top left, and she drops a shield generator for the entire Oh, that's so, fucked up. She is very <laughs> difficult to kill. Because um, the shield, do the shield regen. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so you have to kill her, and she spawns on top of where the shield gen spawns. So you have to kill her, and then go kill the shield gen in most cases. That's... Um, so they basically just added her for the regular event with all of the same achievements and rewards as last year. Secondary side would be that they have added an endless mode. So this has basically added a bunch more achievements where you basically have 12 waves. Yeah. And then beyond the 12 waves, that is, if you survive and the door survives uh, together, then you have completed the given difficulty on endless mode and you will just continue subsequent waves until you all die now endless mode is significantly more difficult right because each wave is going to be going longer than the actual event and after people of heroes they start spawning more so for example you spawn like a reaper and then within a couple seconds a second reaper will come in oh no and then, later on, <laughs> then you'll get then you'll get a uh, Roadhog, which is the correct... I think it's Reaper, Roadhog, Junkenstein, and then, and then Mercy Symmetra, and then Mercy reses all of them except for Symmetra. And no. then you have to do um, the order again. But they start coming in pairs really closely together. And Reaper is kind of spawning intermittently between them. Yeah, he, he spawns more frequently. And they of... start... Yeah, they also start spawning the Junkrat junk tire, rip tires in pairs on both sides. Holy so crap, dude. That sounds insane. It's really difficult to do, especially if you don't manage the um, the Symmetra wave in particular. It's around wave 10. Yeah. Um, it's either... It's either a wave between wave eight and wave eleven. You get two symmetries back to back, and you basically need to kill her and her turret or her um, shield gen thing, shield gen at the same time, and dodge all of the little mega omnics that are shooting you at the same time as keeping the door alive. So what's more and then important? They've also expanded the roster. Yeah. So you can play so like. So you know here. how you have. Well, you have Anna, and yeah. Hanzo and Soldier and McCree. Right. And then they've added some more heroes. You can play Widow, you can play Torbjorn, you can play Genji, and you can play yeah. Zenyatta. Torbjorn and Zenyatta sounds really okay. good on this game mode. Yeah, the Discord yeah, seems Torb vital. Torb is pretty good. <laughs> Torb turret as well. Yeah, but yeah. you'd be surprised. Or on a pretty easily either way, but the Torb is necessary for Endless. 
Um, yeah, and the, the reason sense. on is so good is that it lets you dart things and kite a lot more efficiently if the door is getting overloaded. So yeah. You can sleep dart something, nano boost somebody, and then especially if you have a McCree or a soldier, you can nano them. And Widow can kind of falls off the longer you go. Yeah, I feel like Widow's probably little, not I, optimal. <laughs> I, right. There was a friend that I was playing with that Widow was playing. He was playing Widow, and he did pretty well. Yeah. Because I feel like you probably just have more DPS output overall with, like, Soldier or McCree or something like that. But I guess if yeah, you were getting all headshots... It's really tough to play the McCree in this game mode the longer you go, because your survivability yeah. is so low. Yeah, even McCree is, is, is difficult, I can imagine. I mean, Soldier's cool because he can have mobility, and then he also has his uh, biotic field uh, that he can help his teammates out as well. Yeah. Um. The big thing about Mc... pretty good too, but yeah. he's hard. Um, but like the harder the difficulty, Genji gets really, really tough to play. Yeah, I can imagine because he's just kind of can only do Especially so much. In expert mode. I think if you could like optimize his headshots, though, you might be able to get a lot of dashes off. Because I remember he was really powerful in the uh, the Black Watch. In the, in the Black oh, Watch the update. Crisis. Yeah, he was really powerful in that one because he could dash through, at least on like medium difficulties, maybe not so much on higher ones, but um, I, I, rem I remember playing him on easy mode and just dashing like infinite amount of times. <laughs> that was always fun. Oh man, yeah, you can do that in this one too. Yeah. The thing about McCree, I think, was the fact that you charge his Deadeye up with the nano boost combo. And that was yeah. that was how you could Especially beat legendary. Sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. So we're yeah, for sure. almost giving tips on the uh, on the actual strategy here. <laughs> so um, <laughs> with that being said, I guess we'll segment into uh, basically the esports scene and kind of what's been going on. Um, I'll start off though by talking about I guess or, or asking you about um, how the season has been for you personally um i have about 100 hours on the season but i haven't played in the last month so i don't know exactly what changed after the mercy update i basically left like right when mercy update dropped i i played junker junkins the uh junker town on the ptr but i haven't been able to uh like play on live that much so uh what what all has happened since then and how is the season going as far as competitive ladder goes well, the quick rundown, at least for me, within the mid to low tier plat, which is where I typically stick. Um, right. I have gone up and down about 200 SR about three times um, within my tier. And Mercy, her changes have gone live. Junkertown is now in comp. And Mercy's uh, pick rate, according to OmnicMeta.com, is nearing a 90% pick rate in GM. Oh, I believe that. Pick rate in about four different tiers. That's crazy. So That's like League of Legends meta it status. Is the, <laughs> it is actually the highest pick rate hero of all of Overwatch time in any given meta. That's insane. That's actually insane. Um, because of all tiers, basically. Yeah. Um, so if you look at it, I, I was listening to either Overview, or I think it was Overview on my way home today, and... Um, uh, not ZP. I don't know if it was hexagram surface, if it was um, somebody else, but they they were commenting on this and, and saying that 
this isn't that big of a deal when you look yeah. at you know like gold and silver per se because you know Mercy's already at like an eighty percent pick rate or ninety percent pick rate, so it going up about five percent is not that big of a deal. Yeah. But when you have like basically plat, diamond, GM, and masters, all of them doubling, like I think the lowest or the the biggest jump it was at something like thirty percent and jumped up by like fifty percent. So I had a fifty percent gain in pick rate. Yeah. And her stats. I was looking at this with my admin switch, who of Omnic Meta. Right. And yeah. would like we we've done this partnership thing with him, so we kind of like mutually promote each other on each of our content items. But yeah, that's really cool. That the average resurrections in the game total has gone up by almost ten in wow in the upper tiers. Because what you would do is you would be building your ult, and so every time yeah. ult would go, if and you, you just save your ult. Three reses, you would get, you know, in, in like longer games, you would get rel- relatively high, you know, total counts. But now you can resurrect something, use Valkyrie, dive onto a separate separate target, resurrect something, and then over the course of the next twenty seconds, um, yeah. in the ultimate or. Is it 30 seconds? I think it's 20 seconds. I think you it's, basically yeah, get a 10 second cooldown. So you can resurrect immediately. Valkyrie resurrect again. That's two reses. And then you can res in 10 seconds again. Yeah. And then if after. you're optimizing it, you try to res one more time before the, the ult expends. Because once you resurrect in the ult, the 10 second cooldown trigger triggers. And so even if you lose Valkyrie, the... Yeah. The trigger for the 10 seconds is still ticking down from 10. Yeah, and it also so resets. you can get, like, a bazillion reses. Yeah. Um, are they changing that? Because I heard some, like, information about, like, stuff on the PTR with, like, Mercy Resurrection resets or something like that. And I didn't look into it it's fully. It's very tentative. Yeah. Yeah, they also had, like, this quote-unquote bug where she had this big momentum where you could like skip or use forward momentum and cancel GM or GA and hold spacebar and you would like fly indefinitely. Yeah. And you would just like go the super fast pace. And so they took that away immediately. Oh, um, <laughs> I know a lot of mercy players. But, That's their favorite ability. <laughs> yeah. So they're trying to rework that on PTR right now, but it's mega buggy. Like I was just seeing these super funny things that little menace and Evie have been putting up on Twitter about them. Like, <laughs> dashing uh, above a target with GA at them, and as long as they let go of GA by the, in mid-dash, they, like, bounce vertically, like, 20 meteor- meters, and then go backwards. It's, like, this super weird bug thing that they're trying to figure out, but they're basically, with the resurrect thing, at least, that's the only concrete thing that changed. Yeah. So, with this change, they have basically not allow you to use guardian angel and then let it get reset upon using resurrect okay so it just doesn't reset guardian angel cooldown yeah but good mercies when you dive in you try to dive in close enough and cancel ga and use the momentum with your flight and so by the time you get the res off your ga should be up so it's basically adding you have to be good at mercy to make sure that you're managing your ga properly and I like that aspect. I see. Yeah. Um, and then they've given, they've taken away the 10 second cooldown within a Valkyrie, and all Valkyrie does is reset GA's cooldown. So you can still res as uh, Valkyrie res, but you only get yeah. the one extra charge, and then it goes back to the 30 second. And when cooldown. you say GA cooldown, that's like the shift 
when it doesn't reset, so it's that's like a jump. one second. Yeah, so it's like it's Two only seconds, like it's yeah. it's very minimal because uh, it's like a one second cooldown, but it can make a difference. And like, I guess it's a timing thing. So, um, yep. Mercy is definitely my favorite though because of her GA and just like you can do so much with that, like and be able to juke and draw a aggression from the enemy team and be out of like play with line of sight. Um, so I think they could almost put Mercy in a place where she might be able to do more with GA. <laughs> you know, they might add some interesting mechanics to that, and they are with all, everything they're doing. So um, she's definitely yeah. one of my favorite heroes. They're trying to, to make it so. I think they're trying to make it so that GA is what they're going to balance around, and then make sure that the rest of the kit isn't super powerful. But. I mean, yeah. I've been talking with PvP, there's somebody that's not playing Mercy on regular, and then some Mercy mains, and trying to find a middle, middle ground, because I think that Valkyrie is honestly way too powerful right now. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it's so flexible, and you can use it as an engagement tool, you can use it in the defensive. mid fight, you can use it for yeah. double resing on tempo, and if like somebody, if you rush in together, and then somebody dies, you res them, and then Valkyrie, it's almost like you just come out on top. If yeah. You, if you go even in a fight, because you just have so much tempo for 20 full seconds, as long as you're not dying, it's eight seconds with like drag and um, nano boost. So. Yeah, also, and and then um, obviously the tank form for Bastion too, but nobody plays Bastion now apparently. <laughs> Why? What? What happened to Bastion? Is it just kind of like dropped off? There's just the Bastion just has notoriously some of the lowest pick rate in the game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mobility issue I think is um, the main problem I see with Bastion. But yeah, another thing that you can do with uh, Mercy uh, with her Valkyrie um, that I've like prominently used when it was on PTR is like let's say if a reaper has his ultimate or whatever and he's about to engage on your team and you see him coming in and you're just like oh crap i gotta get out of here well you can use you can use your ultimate to also escape like pretty easily from right. most things like if it was like a diva bomb it's like all right well peace out i'm gonna like get the hell out of here with my ultimate so uh i, I like that mechanic and i i really do think um it they gave her a little bit too much and it, it's funny because people still complained uh about that ultimate saying how it's like useless or whatever like before it launched so it was amazing ultimate i was so pog champ like the entire time <laughs> <laughs> so how do you you use it personally are you the type that like goes around and like pistols everybody or do you uh I wasn't first. Um, like I wasn't, but it's it's honestly like I found that the pistol thing is so useful when you're using it to escape because you don't have to be limited by what direction you're facing. Like, yeah, you had to be with GA unless you had somebody like connected by the beam and then turned towards them and then jumped. Like this way, you can like maneuver freely. You can shoot people. You can damage boost your whole team if they're all within the same chaining vicinity. You know stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I have used it against a few tracers to pop them um, when they're trying to run away. I've also used it on a couple widowmakers, believe it or not. Um, like oh yeah, them and engaging them around corners. I've done that. <laughs> that's that's really satisfying being pulled off. But the only reason I found it's um, 
cards is against targets that aren't the one-shot ones, like you know, Tracer that can one-clip you or, or Widow or Hans that can just one-shot you, but the ones that yeah. you're taking sustained damage that you can juke from. Because your passive is triggered, always. Yeah, so it's basically... you're gaining health. Yeah, it's like a Lucio amp, basically. <laughs> like, Well, not, not the same, but... Pretty much, and if you're within the vicinity of a Lucio using his standard heal plus that oh, you're just wow. not going to die to any soldier damage like it's unreal yeah you're basically invincible <laughs> because uh that Pretty passive much. is strong and obviously like the way you have to kill mercy in a lot of situations is make sure you damage her and then once you damage her make sure you can damage her before she gets all of her health back for free <laughs> right right yeah you'll see tracers just spraying and hopefully something hits it at range just so that passive doesn't trigger yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter like how it's like the same concept or mechanic with Torb's turret, how you want to destroy it before it gets Precisely. to level two. Yeah, so <laughs> the fact that it doesn't get interrupted is uh pretty pretty crazy because um that means it's just gonna constantly regen, like no matter what. So you have to like really focus her. Um and I, I haven't seen like much play with the ultimate or or Mercy's, like, really dying, so I, I wonder if, like, people have caught on to how to kill her, or at least deal with that threat, because it's 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 really a threat, um, the Mercy ultimate, so... I, yeah. I think I... Mean, you have the people that are complaining about it at yeah. all ranks, they're just saying that it's not fun to play against, or it's not fun to play, but I yeah. mean, there's always the argument, people are still gonna meme about boosted Mercy mains and GM, <laughs> how it goes yeah it's crazy um so i think one good strategy though is the fact that mercy's range on her res has been significantly reduced and it's actually pretty it's pretty ridiculous that's partially right yeah um they they didn't just cut it in half but they doubled it after the changes so you know how we mentioned earlier in the show that they took out the, the ability to use GA and they also let you only have the, the 10 second cooldown that has been removed and you right. can res once within that. Yeah, they've also double the, the range of oh my God. where you can res. Oh my god, that's so dumb. Okay, so they because originally... before you had to stand on top of them to use the resurrect, basically. Yeah, it was like 30 to 5. about a step away. So ten yeah, that that's reasonable. Like as a mercy player, I think that's like good because I don't have to be like right on. The, it it was so frustrating trying to fly in, and like not being able to res anybody. Um, Especially on the Winston's that dove like clear across the map. You're like, I'm not gonna res that guy. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think basically like the strategy around that is to basically like if you're an enemy playing ver if your your team is playing versa mercy. You kind of want to bait the bodies, like if you kill like a whole like a person, it. yeah, you bait exactly. So like a junk rat trap, or it just, you know, you put focus fire on there, and I guess um, so that that really plays into how how good is the mercy player, um, which is why I was excited about this change originally because you have to know when to use your res for one reason being that it's like a thirty second cooldown or whatever, so you. It's it's very you have to use it very impactfully, and then and that's not completely true because I think some people just like res everybody and it like gives them a snowball type of advantage, 
But the other reason is you want to make sure you're not going into harm's way and having that risk analysis to be able to be like, okay, I can res this guy safely and then I can pop my old and do this and this and this. So um, I like that. I like that's that's like all I wanted to get at is and I think that's like a good way to play yeah. against Mercy as well as um, as yeah. Mercy. So, yeah, for sure. OK, so we are now turning this into the Omnic Lab Mercy Strategy podcast. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, so I guess as one of the last topics that I want to get into is just kind of the um, esports scene and I guess uh, what's going on with everything esports related to Overwatch specifically for this podcast. Um, I want to try to get into like the Overwatch League and, and well, yeah, that'd be cool to be in it, but um, I want to see what, like, what is their time frame on starting this thing? Um, I, I see a lot of like tweet. Oh, they, they have a date pretty much. Yes. I believe it's December 5th, but I need to double check on their website right now. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. December though. Okay. Fifteenth. So that is actually, yeah, so somewhere in early December it's going to start, and that's actually really exciting. I didn't know that. Um, so that, that that's really good because people have been waiting all year for this, and, like, they haven't had much information other than, like, the random teasers on Twitter or, or YouTube or whatever. So it, it's, I'm pretty excited for it, and I there's a lot of like speculation on how it's going to turn out. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out over the, over the next few years, as well as the next six months. So. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's Wednesday, December 6th is the official overwatch preseason. And oh, then okay. Wednesday, January 10th will be the official season one date and continue uh, season one until June championship playoffs will be in july as well as the finals that's exciting <laughs> it's going to be cool to see all the teams yes. from each city it also looks like all of the games will be played within the united states which is yeah. why you're going to be seeing the team in korea has moved to la for the season one yeah. And I haven't heard anything from Shanghai or what Cloud9's doing yeah. with their Kungdu roster that they just acquired. Cl Cloud9's um, apparently in LA too, from what I've heard, or somewhere. I don't know For exactly now. what city. For yeah. Now. Yeah, they're the London team right now. Got you. Yeah, so probably just temporarily for the first season. Sure, and they had some Overwatch roster announcements finally i know that the shanghai dragons released their roster dallas fuel is still waiting on theirs yeah the dallas fuel is the uh owners of envious envious and a lot of people are saying that they're just gonna cycle over all of the envious roster and they they actually just recently signed seagull for overwatch contenders finals interesting um which is really good because they've not had a projectile specialized player since they started <laughs> so that that's pretty good yeah and then shanghai dragons is I'm their official brand i don't know i don't think the overwatch league yeah the overwatch league web website doesn't seem to have their team roster but if i remember properly in the ow discord they had announced the roster there on, a, on their chinese website got you yeah 
But I'm of course, st- before December 5th, you're going to be able to see them all on their own website. They'll have them up there. Right. I'm still waiting for that uh, Japan team, bro. <laughs> Put me on that one. Yeah, maybe maybe season three. I'm, I'm holding out till season three. Like, I don't even expect it to be season two at all. But it would be nice to have it by season three. Yeah. I think it is going to... It's for sure going to happen, especially if Japan has their own server, which I think they do, right? Or is it... No, it's they don't, actually. They do it's, not. Southeast Asia. Oh, that's annoying. But uh, we talked about that, like, whole topic, I think, in the OWCraft podcast a long time ago. Like, the why is Overwatch not played in Japan subject? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of finicky. I even read an article this last week um, about why esports isn't as big here or why it's not growing fast. It's because of mm-hmm. the legal ramifications in how oh. it's labeled in earning money under their um, policies against gambling in the country. Oh, no way. It has some sort of overlap with their gambling law. Yeah. So it's really That's tough rough. to get it around and worked around that, and especially with visas for traveling. Yeah, so, you so can't right really now their big communities are around Pokemon esports for the video game and Pokemon tournament, and then the fighting game scene within Smash and like you know Tekken, Mortal Kombat, Marvel vs. Capcom, and Dragon Ball Xenoverse. Stuff I, like that. I feel like overnight, if they want, if they really wanted to, they could probably be like the biggest esports hub. <laughs> They very much could if there wasn't so much legal tape and bureaucracy in this country. But yeah. Yeah. Because Nintendo's been around forever. <laughs> so it's just like when I think video games, um, yeah. I think Japan. Splatoon <laughs> here is mega big, dude. Like Overwatch type big here. Like Splatoon is like the premier version. Like if Overwatch wasn't a thing, I feel like Splatoon would be taking over. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I hear about, like, in stores, too, and, and just from friends. They're playing Splatoon, if not Overwatch. Oh, my gosh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere here, dude. <laughs> like, I can't <laughs> even walk into the store without seeing these huge Splatoon ads. Yeah. So, um, I think we're probably just going to wrap up the podcast, but um, do you have any concluding thoughts or... Um, no, I'm interested to see what you do with this, Mars. Um, this yeah. is an interesting project. I know that you're going to be featuring more than just podcasters, and we've had a good connection in the past. So uh, Godspeed to your content here, and hopefully you guys can figure out what you want to do and how consistent you want to make it. But yeah, to seeing and listening to artists talk about their passions and musicians and even people that are doing things within the community like for the sake of charity. Like, I mean, it could, this is a very, very open conglomerate of creators that you've kind of compiled here for Apollo. Yeah, it, it can pretty much go anywhere, so um, a lot of opportunity. I, I, I just like I was really wondering like okay, so where am I going to start? And I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna ask Rob if he wants to do the, this podcast today, and it was like so random, but thank you so much for um, clearing up your schedule for <laughs> no, that. No problem. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't doing anything anyways. Don't worry about it. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, I think I can really start to get into a schedule. But uh, anyways, 20 seconds left on the anchor thing. So um, I this is Apollo Radio. Um, I am your host, Mars Zerksa, joined by guest Not Rob from Omnic Lab. You can find his podcast at omniclab.com. See you guys later.
So that concludes the first episode for Apollo Radio. That is our show, and I have not yet decided the format that I'm going to do for the podcast, but I think it might be daily, if not weekly, or just like twice a week. Um, It'll probably be twice a week, realistically, but I'm really going to push myself to see what I can do um, to make some cool content for you guys. So uh, thank you for listening to that interview with uh, Not Rob, and pretty cool. I'm glad I finally got this done for the first episode, and uh, stay tuned for more. Uh, You can find us on iTunes, I guess, under Apollo Agency. You can also uh, find us on Twitter, Facebook, um, and pretty much any tag under Apollo Agency GG. Um, And that is our URL for all of those websites. Um, For Anchor, though, it it doesn't have the GG. It's just Apollo Agency, uh, anchor.fm slash Apollo Agency. So uh, thank you guys for listening.